0: Hello everyone, welcome to Real People with Rick. I am Rick and my real person today is Raheem. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little
1: bit. Hi, Rick and audience. My name is Raheem. Um, I used to be a teacher. But I make rap songs now. And I'm a nerd.
0: So that's what he does right now. So um how did you originally get into rap?
1: Well, I grew up listening to hip hop, you know. I think I was fortunate to be a kid around the time when hip hop was just kind of beginning and getting started picking up steam, you know, and um in the eighties, like I guess eighty eight was considered the like the first golden age of hip hop mm-hmm. and um little Eric B and Rakim and uh, cool Moe D, LL Cool J, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Like a lot of major guys start, started around that time. And I uh, just got swept up in the, in the moment and was a big fan of the music. And then um, I didn't start writing my own stuff until about the mid-90s. And um, that was when I think hip-hop hit kind of a second golden age or maybe a silver age. Big gangster rap age. With gangster rap, yeah. you know, Snoop Dogg and NWA yeah. Dr. Dre and all that. And the East Coast had guys like a tribe called quest uh you know de la soul yeah and the public enemy so at the same time that all that was happening you know we had two very different sounds on each yeah, east yeah, coast yeah, and i think that's what really got me into it
0: so of those two sounds because they're each dynamic in their own way um which would you say led more to your style now
1: definitely an east coast laid back style of um you know i think of getting a point across but i think um yeah guys like a Tribe Called Quest and um, The Daylight Souls were definitely appealing to me because I wasn't a gangster. You know, I wasn't going yeah, to yeah. stream people in my low. low. And so it, it appealed to me to be to be fun loving and, um, you know, tell stories that were funny and fun about girls and life and things like that. A
0: little bit of Slick Ricks and Bismarck. Yeah, King, right?
1: definitely. But I, I definitely gravitated towards both sides. You I mean, yeah. when. When my mom went to sleep or left the room, you know, <laughs> I, I would bump the gangster rap. You know,
0: that's when N.W.A. came out. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That was uh I'm Stoop Dog, Doggy Style, man, and the Chronic. Mm-hmm. Those were those were my, uh, my my religion for a little while.
0: Anybody can, if people listen to you, they can really see that in in your music that you actually have a message and you have a story because you got popular from the album Mega Ram.
1: Yeah, I made an album about video games. Well, not technically about video games, but using the metaphor of a video game as my own story. Yeah. And, um, and using the music from the video game, Mega Man. And um, I love the music. Mm-hmm. I was always a big geek and nerd. And I just felt like 8-bit games didn't really allow you a chance to tell the story. It yeah. was just the run from left floor, to right yeah. and jump and shoot, you know. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really go deep. So I, I figured I would add a third dimension to that character. And that's what I did. It was my own dimension.
0: And from that from that album, you have other other um, concept albums. Yeah, as yeah. Well, I moved on the,
1: to other yeah. other stuff after that. Actually, there's a very little known. Well, it's not little known because it is out and available, but many people didn't really listen to it. There's a record called Patches and Glue, which came out right after the Mega Ran album because mm-hmm. I was afraid of being pigeonholed as a video game rapper yeah. who needed game music as a crutch to to be you know taken seriously in this music. You know, you mm-hmm. feel like. You know, you didn't want to stay away from what could be construed as a gimmick. You don't and want to be so, as a gimmick grabber. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be the the game guy. So I made an album called Patches and Glue, which was mm-hmm. under the concept of of me growing up and how when you when you had to ride your bike, you know, and your tire, you could go anywhere you want in the city as long as you had air in your tires. Yeah. And then once, you're, once you went flat, you know, what kept you going was going to the store and getting Patches and Glue. You know, because that would that would uh, then get your bike back going, and um, and that was through the metaphor of that. I just I talked about the neighborhood and all the different things I'd seen and in, in, in growing up in Philly, and uh, it's a very slept on album. It's it's one of my favorites, but I think I created that because I didn't want to get wrapped up and called a game mm-hmm, rapper mm-hmm. as a gimmick or whatever. But I was too worried about what people thought of me, so I'm really proud of the record, but I feel like it didn't get the push it deserved because. Everybody was talking about the Mega Man stuff. Yeah. Which is fine. So, you know, later on I went back into game concepts and went into some of my favorites like uh Final Fantasy Seven, Castlevania, and uh River City Ransom. And uh so so yeah, I became a guy that was able to take some of his fandoms and things he grew up listening to and uh stretched them out and pull them into a full narrative and wrap myself up in it and um and create a new world from it.
0: The, the Castlevania album was actually the first album of yours I listened to. Nice. It's actually what really hooked me in. Nice. Uh, I started listening to you last October before you came to town. Oh, that's tight. That's yeah, tight. My, uh-uh. my friend told me you were coming to town. I wanted to go to the show, but I wanted to know your music. Nice. Before I went and to the show. And that's the one you
1: listened to. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. I, I enjoy it a lot. I don't play a lot of it from it because I was, I think it's, 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 it was in, I was in a certain mood when I created it yeah. and it's it was, really, a, it's pretty dark. I was in a dark place and I didn't necessarily game. want, cause it is it's a dark yeah. game. You can't explore that, that, you know, Dracula and, you know, and all the different stories that went along with that bloodline without yeah. getting to a kind of a dark place. And my, my live show is very happy, very up. It is. It is. And, really uh, great. and I felt like the Castlevania stuff doesn't really fit into what I, what I play live. Definitely. But it's a great album to sit down and enjoy uh, for what it is. I think it's, I love the record. Samus did a lot of the production on there. big shout out to her. Uh, she also appears on a couple songs. And, and Aria. Um, yeah, okay. so it's it's some of my favorite stuff. Like A um, Hundred Years, um, Aria of the Bloodline, mm-hmm. Young Girl. Like, they're some of my favorite tracks that I've ever written. Uh, but I feel like they're just, they're in a dark place. And I feel like they don't, they don't always fit into what I'm trying to p- Put, oh, yeah. put forth on the stage
0: Yeah I definitely understand And your, and your last album Random mm. That's that's a lot more upbeat
1: too. I think overall it is There's there's some emotion in there too Yeah uh, and, I uh, mean The la- meeting And even the intro Laughing you at you know, Laughing at, at you of,
0: There's a Basically your story behind it that song. I have that song. I have a, a jams playlist. Yeah. On Spotify, it's just all these, uh, just like certified jams. You know, Fuji's, Nice, Cypress Hill, things like that. Nice. You know, um, <laughs> some System of a Down, and that's the album. That's the song from the album. That what? So,
1: Laughing at is on there. Yes, yeah. that's, that's tight. Thank you. Um, that's one of those records. You know, it's like when people say, like, "Man, you laugh to keep from crying," and that—that's my life. There's so many ironies. Like I talk about. Oh, with the Comic Con last week, you know. And when I did those things in, in the back in the day, attempting to be you know a groundbreaking thing, you mm-hmm. know it was it was laughed at, it was it was yeah. not understood. And now you know nerd culture is everywhere. It's it pop really culture. Is.
0: That 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 line actually mm-hmm. that you just said that you went to Comic Con. Mm-hmm. That's the line that stuck with me. Maybe want to finish <laughs> that song because I remember growing up and you know being a nerd and watching anime and SWAT Cats, Saturday morning cartoons, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you know, at school you couldn't be into that stuff because it was nerdy and it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. And then all of a sudden, now going it's to Comic cool. Con it's, like huge.
1: It's huge, man. And I and I never thought it. And like I said, those very same people who kind of clown me for doing it are like wearing it on their t-shirts now mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And I'm just like, wow. You know, but that's that's just, you know, just show, it's not easy to be one of the first or to do things when everybody else is going a different way.
0: Yeah, do you feel like you've um, influenced a lot of the new rappers like uh, <laughs> Richie, Richie Bronson? Like oh, him. well, he he's tells me himself
1: yeah. that, that he was influenced by what I was yeah, doing. You
0: were touring with him earlier this year, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, he hit me up with a very humble email and was like, hey, man, like, I've been listening to your stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do it myself, check it out. And I would listen to his music and be like, wow, this is good. And uh, and we wound up touring together. We did three Ghouls and Ghosts EPs. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I love his work, man. And I think it's awesome to see a next generation get influenced by the stuff that I was doing. Because yeah. when I did it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy to put it out Definitely and be not. accepted. But hopefully I've cleared the path and laid some groundwork where people can kind of walk over my back a little bit and uh and be able to prosper. And that's really what I want. That's what the um NPC Collective is all about. There's mm-hmm. a group that I started where it's just a group of guys in the nerds of color basically who need a safe space sometimes just to create and to be themselves and what not does it, uh,
0: npc stand for
1: uh nerdy people of color nerdy people of color yeah <laughs> All right. well, there it is you know so because it's kind of a double meaning you know npcs in, in the gaming culture mm-hmm. means yeah. a non-player, non-player character, character yeah. who's just there to say some words mm-hmm. on repeat and not a big part of the totally. story which is yeah you know and that's kind of what People of color have been, and when it comes Mm -hmm. to these gaming spaces, you know, black and brown folks have been forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know, without the occasional, you know, uh, I don't know, Barrett Mm -hmm. or, you know, an occasional character. But for the most part, we've been bit players, and so I feel like, as the time goes on, and 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 the creators look more like us. You know, I speak as us, as seeing another another person of color next to me and say. Now that we are in the space to be creative, like you got to represent us in your stories, you know. So those people that create music, create games, create comics, they have to put people of color in their stories, you know, because it's, it's just got to a point now where it's not acceptable well, not you can't to. Can't be anymore. You can't exclude them, you know, because yeah. we're a huge part of the population and the buying population. Yeah, so
0: definitely.
1: you you try to make a game now with no female character, and you're gonna have a big problem, you know. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's it's. I think this that's basically what the collectives all about. It's just like trying to increase representation and um, and give everybody a safe space to get together, talk, and be themselves, and be and get comfortable with that.
0: Listening to your music, uh, we can. There is a very strong message, especially since you used to be a teacher.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a teacher. I taught for about five, six years maybe, mm-hmm. between Philadelphia and Phoenix. I taught middle school, and uh, I learned a lot. You know, being a teacher, you know, you also have to be a good learner. Definitely. and uh, I learned so much from the kids from the way you know things work psychology of you know getting kids to behave and listen and all that and I think I've applied a lot of that to my live show and to my recorded music and uh, so I think being a teacher has helped me more than anything you know I think it's really helped me to become a better artist
0: So you started you're, you're from Philadelphia mm-hmm. and then you moved to Phoenix Phoenix yeah what prompted that that move?
1: Well, um, it was really kind of silly and superficial, but I was tired of the snow. (laughs) I was just, it was a really snowy winter. Like it snowed until like almost April. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm getting out of here. And so I just kind of put my finger on the map. I was like, where are the warm places? And, um, and it was between Florida, California, uh, Nevada, Texas, Mm -hmm. or, um, or Arizona, and so I started looking for jobs in those places. And, um, and Arizona was the first school that called me back with a decent offer. And so I went. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know anything about Phoenix. I just did it.
0: <laughs> uh, are you still based out of Phoenix? Is that I am. Yeah. It was,
1: it's been almost 10 years now. And uh, it's pretty crazy that that just happened that way. And, you know, I wound up meeting my wife out there. Like, wound up creating and doing some of my best work musically out there. And uh, so I think the change really, really helped me out.
0: I saw that you got married recently. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you.
1: That in a a couple songs, mainly the the new song revisions on a new album. Mm -hmm. And I say some things that probably will prevent me from ever teaching again. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I kind of pull the curtain back and I feel like it's not, it's not always cracked up to be. And it's this, I don't know, it needs some serious reform. Like there's really no nice way to say it. It needs to be broken down, destroyed and rebuilt, you know, and, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 schools need to be literally blown up and started over, you know, because <clears throat> the, the system is not set up effectively for teachers to prosper, for students to prosper, and for states to continue to to give and for the schools to prosper. So there's just so many things and in, intangibles. In I don't even know where to start. You know, I just feel like it should start with the students, though, mm-hmm. and the students absolutely need. I think they need to be challenged. I mean, today's kid is not the kid of the 40s and 50s. And so these kids need to be visually stimulated, verbally stimulated, and um, and on their toes. So I don't think the sitting down for eight hours is is today's kid's being way. Being told to be quiet every yeah, five minutes. Shut up, yeah, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You know, it's not going to work. Kids need to be up. They need to be moving. They need to be asking questions. They need to be allowed to ask questions. They need to be allowed to teach themselves and to teach their peers. I really think that, maybe the the Montessori way is kind of kind of the way because I feel like these kids need to learn through exploring definitely and uh and so because today's kid is way too curious and if you if you continue to suppress them you know and tell them they can't ask and they can't learn and they can't question things then they're just going to stray from it and and resist and then they're going to wind up dropping out you know and I think that yeah the structure needs to be completely over overhauled and um i wouldn't know where to start i'm no i'm no <laughs> politician but uh but yeah honestly i feel like right now it doesn't benefit anyone mm-hmm. in the way that it should teachers get all the blame for everything Definitely. right now and um the parents get off scot-free and i think it should not be that way
0: how do you feel about your your <clears throat> music being used in certain curriculums i saw that it was being used in philadelphia yeah, yeah, that's amazing.
1: I um was lucky enough to meet a professor, uh, Giovanni Turner in uh, Temple University in Philly, who asked me if he could use the call, my first record in schools. And I was like, "Wow, really?" you know, and I was a little bit worried because some of it is kind of kind of political, some of it's kind of spiritual and, you know, but but there was some stuff that they broke down in a song I made called Still Ain't Good Enough, which is on that record where I talk about a lot of the same problems that ten years later I'm talking about on revisions, which is sad. But you know, I talked about walking through million dollar metal detectors just to listen to uncertified professors give lectures and books that are 10-15 years old, you know. And and it's it's ridiculous, you know, like to think of the hypocrisy that goes on in schools where you spend a million dollars on yeah. on a metal detector and can't get a you know a decent textbook. So I think that you know the, the, I, it's awesome and it's an honor that they that they could talk about it in, in colleges because eventually I want to teach in college. I think when this whole thing is over, you want be a I professor. want to yeah, I want to go be a professor, mega Rand when it when it's all said and done.
0: You want to go the Bun B route? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to
1: get. I need an honorary degree or two. I don't want to like go back to school. I just want them to give it to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you were South by Southwest and you got to meet bun b i did and and i had a Hallows really awkward
1: interaction with bun b um I had a cool interaction with hannibal burris but mm-hmm. i had an awkward one with bun b um <laughs> i just i kind of fanned out and i don't i don't usually yeah. fan out but bun b is like that's like a living hip-hop history and legend you he's know underground king. yeah underground yeah. king you know like that's literally a legend you know he's one of the first guys i heard ever rap you know so so it was it was huge for me to talk to him and he just mm-hmm. kinda looked at me like, Calm down, man, like chill <laughs> out, you know, and I was like, Yo, bud, like, like yo. both
0: in this industry, man.
1: I'm a big fan, you know, and it's like it's hard to look at it like, Oh, that's a peer. Like, no, that's not a peer. That's mm-hmm. an OG. Like, so you you respect them as such. So uh and then my buddy tried to jump into the selfie that we took and uh and he gave him this really epic mm-hmm. side eye, like, yo, what are you doing, dude? You know, so so uh, yeah, I don't know if Bun will be calling me anytime soon for a verse, but but I have the ultimate respect for him. Plus, with him being a teacher mm-hmm. as well now, um, it's just so so cool to see where hip hop is going and where it
0: can go. Yeah, to. and he's been a real <clears throat> advocate in uh, specifically Texas hip hop changing from um, sipping, you know, lean drank mm. after Pimp C died. You know he changed. Completely. That's good,
1: man. Those guys need to stop that, man. Like I saw a couple guys at South by, you know, with the double cup walking around. And, and, and Atlanta and, rap
0: right now isn't helping. Like, yeah, it's not helping. It's it's, helping. it's,
1: like, it's really brand. you know it's a sad thing that's taking lives. You know, yeah. people don't necessarily think about that, but you know it's that's that's yeah. what killed Pimp C. Like, how can you how can you still do it knowing that yeah. it took a legend from us? It you killed know?
0: Pimp C, DJ Screw, DJ Fat Pad, Screw, big Fat Mo. Pat oh
1: man so many man yeah. so how can you I, I don't know how you can still do that or even promote it you know because some guys don't even do it they just promote they just it, promote it yeah. you know so I don't know how you can promote it but you know same thing people promote a that gangster really, lifestyle yeah. and shooting and doing drugs and dealing drugs when that's killed plenty of people so mm-hmm. I think it's just about glorifying a lifestyle you know and, lifestyle. and uh, <laughs> you know it's just it's just one of those things but you know I I, I can't do that you know i just yeah. i just can't bring myself to do that kind of thing but that's crazy you know that's crazy so that's i know you have
0: to go out there uh soon so let's go ahead let's start um, wrapping this up i have one last right. question Well oh, little subset right. um, i just want to know how you were as a student
1: mm. man i was i was a very brilliant student um you got into penn state yeah right? yeah i i was accepted at like six colleges um i went to penn state because it was Close enough to home, where I could get home on the weekends, but mm-hmm. far enough where my mom couldn't get sneak up on me, yeah, um so I went about four hours from home, and uh I went to school thinking I was too cool for school, smartest yeah. thing in the world, and then flunked every class in my first semester. You right. know, school had been easy for me forever until college yeah, because I car. didn't have my mom kicking my butt and waking me up, mm-hmm. and I was like, eight o'clock class,, Psh, I'm good. Yeah. And so I would just sleep in and just hang all night on the computer because the internet was was kind of just becoming a thing then. Mm-hmm. And so I was all night on hip hop websites studying lyrics, like just just being a nerd and um, and not going to class, man. And um, and my my advisor suggested that I withdraw the first semester because oh, wow. I was getting straight Fs. And he told me, well, at least you can get a W if you hit if you withdraw. I didn't really know what that meant. But basically, that messed up my financial aid, and I had to re-enroll, like literally re-enroll back into school just to do my next semester. And uh it was crazy. My mom was like, oh, you coming back closer to home now. <laughs> so I, I had to come home for a couple of years before I go back. And um I, I graduated a little late. I did every summer session after that. And then I had to realize that it wasn't a joke. You know, like school had been way too easy for me. Like I, I got there without ever studying you know and so it was time for me to start studying and that told me a really important lesson early in life that nothing's easy you know and that you got to work for it you know and even no matter how easy you think it's going to be or you see your friends doing it that doesn't mean you can do it so when they're they're hanging out late partying drinking that doesn't mean i can do it and they would still make it to class you know and so i had too much freedom you know when i got to, to school so uh, but yeah, I was a great student before up until then, and then I learned how to be a student in mm-hmm. college, and I think that's what it taught me more than anything.
0: Yeah, it's you interesting because I share pretty much the exact same story. Really, I moved here from Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, that's and that's you had really the same
1: thing. What school did you go to? I went to Arlington Lake University okay. over here. In San oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I um I did a convention there years ago. My Azumi. first show in Azumi San Antonio was Mizumi. Yep, that's so cool yeah so i i had a rude awakening man i went to school like wait a minute what do you mean this i don't get automatic a's you know just for showing up like just for you know i was i was hoping i could get you know minimum give minimum effort and still get great yeah. results and it's not that was a great lesson for me that that you can't do that mm-hmm. you know
0: well if anything you show me that it, it can be done
1: it can man look at me i was almost the college dropout you know and <laughs> And I turned it around, and I can't remember anything that I've learned in any of my classes, but it taught me how to be, a, be an adult. It mm-hmm. definitely did. It taught me how to self-motivate, and it taught me that no one's going to get it and do it for you. You know, you got to get out and do it if you want it. So when I changed gears to music, I tell people now, I'm not using my degree. And they're like, oh, aren't you an English major? Like, you're definitely using your degree. You are yeah. You use words for a living. so. So now it's, yeah, I definitely sure. use my degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, so I it. try to I try to downplay college, like, oh, I wouldn't, mm, mm, college. Yeah. but no, I, I didn't realize subconsciously that college definitely made me who I am. So, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't make, like, if I had a kid, I wouldn't make them go to college, yeah. but I would definitely explain to them that it's, it's going to give you a heck of a leg up in the world. So you need to really take it seriously. Yeah. And, um, but you know, there's, there's room for being a kid and, and screwing up and you could turn it around like mm-hmm. me you know so oh, it's possible
0: the last point what did you want to be when you were little
1: mm. alright this is a weird one I wanted to be a dentist I did there's a there's a song it's a bonus track on the album called Alternate Endings um, with Open Mike Eagle and on that song we, we discuss like what would happen in the alternate universe if we weren't rappers and that's what I would be I'd I'd be a dentist, a dentist. I think because when I was young I had the coolest dentist Dr. Patel and she would make jokes and she would laugh all day. She would even give me candy after I was done. Like, and I was, that didn't make a lot of sense for a dentist to do that. But I loved going to the dentist and I was one of the few kids who loved that. And so therefore I wanted to be that for another mm-hmm. kid. And I didn't really know, you know, I, I just wanted to please people. I always been a people pleaser and I just wanted to make people happy. Whenever, whatever I did for them, I wanted them to be happy when it was over. And so, that led to me wanting to teach, you know, just being able to give somebody something important. And now with, you know, performing, you know, so that's what I wanted to do. It, take something that looks and feels painful, but make it fun and interesting yeah. and much better than they thought it would be. You know, and I think I try to do that with everything from would, my teaching. What to would
0: young Raheem think of what you're doing now?
1: He would be like, this is whack, man. <laughs> you're not rapping about being a gangster. What is he? What do you mean? Yeah. No, I think young me would would be proud because this is something that young me never imagined. Like I was a huge hip hop head, mm-hmm. but when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, there's no way somebody would tell me you're going to be a professional rapper. Like it just sounds silly to even think about it because I was always taught, you know, it's all about education. My yeah. mom was, was a strong yeah. proponent of education. It was like, you going to college, you're going to be something, you know, and that's the only way to be something, you know? And so, I thought I would be teaching for the rest of my life. And um, and here I am. Maybe this is just a pit stop, you know, but I think it's it's been fun and I'm enjoying the ride. And I think young me would be like, wow, like you, you actually did it. And um, I think he would be surprised because I didn't think I had the work ethic in me, you know, to make this kind of thing happen. Yeah. Now, this is the hardest job I've ever had in my life, but it's also the most rewarding, you know, because I get to live my dream. And I get to bring smiles to faces, and and I have strangers in Australia who send me, <laughs> you know, who send me cupcake recipes and things like that. So, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing journey.
0: It's glad to hear you living out your dreams a little
1: bit. Yeah, man, absolutely. This is I can't even say I'm living out my dreams. I didn't I didn't dream of this. Yeah. Like this is beyond that. You know, this is every day is a new dream. You know, like we. Me and MC Lars talk about it on the road. Like, we play rap songs for a living, you know? We get to bring smiles to faces for a living. Like, that's awesome. Most people hate their job, you know? And, like, what what, what did we do to deserve that, you know? And I think about that every time it's not going so well, yeah. you know? Like, man, well you stop complaining? Like, you have the best job in the world, you know? Yeah. And it's just main, maintaining it, I guess, is the hard part.
0: Well, I know you got to get out there. Got a
1: show to do. Indeed. Got some work to do.
0: Really appreciate you stopping by, man. Thank you, right man. Game, AKA Random, AKA Mega Ran. Yeah. AKA Random Beats. Yeah. Got appreciate all the
1: AKAs by. in. AKA not Meg Ryan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully we can talk to you next time here in San Antonio.
1: I would love that. I really appreciate it. Thanks, dude. All
0: right. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Mega Ran one more time for letting me come out and interview him right before his show. It was great. I loved it. Everything I hoped it would be. And if you liked it, let me know. You know, Send me some feedback through the email, realpeoplepod at yahoo.com. If you or anyone you know would like to be on the show and in the San Antonio area or can make it out or would like to work something out with me, just you know, hit me up on the email, realpeoplepod at yahoo.com. We also have the Instagram, which is real underscore people underscore podcast um i know it's a lot <laughs> but follow there We're try- i'm trying to get that working a little bit more i'm sorry for not posting regularly or having a set schedule you know it's hard to work on this with so much else going on um yeah well thanks again for listening everyone uh stay tuned i've got a new episode coming soon in this next week for sure uh email us follow the instagram if you have anything to tell me let me know Once again, thank you to everyone for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I hope everyone has a great one.